Hello and welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Game Men and Their Dogs. It is episode 95, day 284 here in the Zen Room. My name is Patrick Finn and I am here with the delicious Tommy Gibbons. Hey bitches. And how are you tonight, Thomas? The world is on fire, Patrick. How should I be? <laughs> how should I be? Uh, you don't know. How it's, should you be? Uh, the world is on fire. And how is that affecting you? Not at all. But it's crumbling around me. The world is crumbling around me. Okay. I, I see it happening. You have a very cynical outlook. Okay. You want to tell me where I'm wrong? <laughs> yes, there's a lot of conflagration going on and crises and... There certainly is conflagration. Yes, but these things happen, and they will happen again and again and again, and we will still be here. Well, some of us. Oh, okay. <laughs> and how is your show going? Whose wife is it anyway? Whose wife is it anyway? It's going well. Its Audiences are laughing. They are responding. They're leaving the theater with big, stupid smiles on their faces. That's great news. Great because it's a big, stupid show. Yep. We'll be coming this Saturday night to go see the closing uh, show. Uh, the closing show is Sunday. Afternoon. Oh, it's Sunday. Okay. But yeah. we're coming Saturday. Okay. That'll be the final evening performance. Ooh. Ooh. And, you know, that's the really one that counts. Of course. You know, Sunday matinee. Somebody although, counts those. Although they're packed. Yeah, I know, right? Go figure. Packed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. On a Sunday. Here we go. Very cool. Yeah, and I'm busy trying to cast a show right now. I'm trying to cast Times Square Angel. Just going up in December. I need like eight roles filled. Oh, Jesus. I put a post up on Facebook and South Shore Theater Experience put up posts everywhere well, on that's Facebook. What you do. And a couple of people have responded already. So I said, if you want to see the script, just let me know and I'll let you see the script. And then, of course, yesterday I had some dental drama to deal with. I had to have a tooth extracted. Yes. Not fun. No, at no. all. Tooth extractions are no fun, which is why the Nazis well, perfected it for torture. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that little bit of trivia. Come on, isn't the worth like Nazi dentistry? Does any, are, are there two words put together that scares you more than Nazi dentistry? Well, that's why when I posted about this on Facebook, I posted a picture of Laurence Olivier from the film Marathon Man. Do you know I've never seen that movie? You've never seen that movie? I have never seen Excellent it. movie. For those of you who don't know, Dustin Hoffman's in the movie and he's tortured by Laurence Olivier, who's an old Nazi and apparently, I guess, a dentist. And he does some torture to Dustin Hoffman in the dentist chair. Yeah. Which I I can't watch. It's just... Yeah, I, I, I can't know, watch. I know that you have a visceral reaction to that. I have dental phobia. Yeah. I have a dental phobia as it is. Yeah, I mean, even yesterday, I had a sore back yesterday because I was so tense from going to the dentist, you know? So just squeezing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I do that. Yeah. I do that too. Try, try doing it from your taint. Instead, I'll remember that for next time. So you're not, so you don't get so loose. <laughs> you know, to keep you tight. Yes, that's very important. Yeah, well, maybe it's not. <laughs> and of course, speaking about the world being on fire, of course, as we all know, the Israel-Hamas war is now in its fifth day. In flames. In what, flames. What's and without commenting directly on the event itself right now, there's one aspect that I want to address that came up on social media because I guess some queer people have expressed support or solidarity for the people of Palestine, for the Palestinian people. So people have been posting, well, don't forget, you know, if, if you were gay or queer in one of these uh, Arab countries, right, you wouldn't right, be allowed right, to right, exist. Right, right, right. And Israel's the only democracy where queer people are allowed to exist. Are 
they in Israel? Yes, they're the only ones in the Middle East area. They got marriage marriage rights? I don't know about marriage, but they are generally guaranteed equal rights. I'm assuming marriage also, but I don't know that for sure. Okay. But it's like queer people are going to stand with oppressed people, whether they be right. Palestinian people, the Ukrainian people, because we have been an oppressed people right, right, right. for so long. And it's not like, and because so many people say, oh, well, if you're supporting them, that means you're supporting Hamas. No. They're two different things. That's That's... You know, They're two different things. Ha Hamas is a terrorist group that right now is governing the Gaza Strip because they kicked out the Palestinian Authority that was in charge of Gaza. Well, and, and clearly the Palestinians were unable to handle it themselves because of what Hamas did on Saturday. So Israel is, will now go in and flatten Gaza. Flatten yep. it. Yep. They will take it to the ground, they will rake it up, and they'll replant it and start again. They made trees grow in the desert, these fucking people. Who, what is Hamas's fucking goal? What do they think they're going to accomplish? Well, they don't want a two-state solution. They basically want to see Israel abolished. Yeah, 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 yeah. And see, and that was decades ago. There could have been a two-state solution, but the PLO at the time would not accept it. They were right, the was, yes, Supreme Palestinian, that was Yasser Arafat. Right, right, right. And it was bandied about seriously, but they ultimately rejected it. Yeah. So that's why we have the situation we're in today. I mean, and what happened in Israel is absolutely horrible, disgusting. Oh, my God. When I read about what they did to children in a kibbutz. It's horrific. I was like... It's absolutely... I, it's uh, Animals do that. I, mean, like I, said, I feel bad for the people of Israel. I feel bad for the people of Palestine. It's brutal. Because they have to put up with their respective leaders and governments. Yeah. You know? It's well, the people who suffer because of their governments and their leaders. Yeah. Uh, but this, this is an elected government, the Hamas? I don't know if you would say elected, but they basically kicked out the, uh, the uh, Fatah, which was the reigning party in the Palestinian Authority. And the Palestinian Authority had some governing authority over Gaza and the West Bank. And the West Bank but right. Hamas basically chased them out of Gaza okay, and took so over the governance of Gaza. It was like a coup? I guess in a manner of speaking, yeah. And they've been running it ever since. And they've been running it ever since. For how long? I think since about 2005, 2007. Long time. And that's when both Israel and Egypt, people forget that, Israel and Egypt established a blockade around Gaza. Right. So that basically only Israel and Egypt could control what went into the Gaza Strip and keeping out weapons. Egypt used to control the that land, the Gaza Strip. You know, they control the Sinai Peninsula. No, now, now. No, no, now, back now they the do. But, but back in the day, Israel captured the Sinai Peninsula from, from Egypt. Egypt. Gaza, I don't think Gaza was a part of Egypt at that time. I don't think it was ever part of Egypt, but Egypt at one point governed it. It may have, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, okay. But it's just, you know, just because a country is a democracy, democracy and respects queer people doesn't mean it can oppress other people and other people's rights in other ways you know yeah this is a this is a counter argument yeah it, well it is it is but i i just hate seeing queer people being oh you support Hamas. it's like no you don't support Hamas. yeah but you you support the plight of the palestinian people oh yeah and israel the people of israel they're both in a, in a no-win situation yeah. right now yeah, yeah yeah you know the problem is that anybody anybody in in gaza yeah 
they got they got targets on their backs. Basically, yeah, and it, it's basically about a thirty mile strip of land. There's nowhere to go. No, the blockade, as you said, the blockade for Egypt and it's Israel. Sixteen year old blockade. Yeah, that's what it is. And nothing can get in, nothing gets out, nothing gets in. Um, not without Egypt. Not without and Israel's Egypt okay. And Israel saying, okay, that can go. Case of Poland Spring, maybe. I mean, it's been it's been described in some reports as an open air, the, the world's largest open air prison. Gaza. Yeah. Yeah. Ghetto for sure. I mean, it is a ghetto. By every definition, it is a ghetto. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's brutal. It, it's brutal. This attack is, it needs this response. It needs this Of course response. it does. Of course it does. Isn't there's, how could Israel not respond in any other way? No, 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 no. You know? No. They, they, they must and they will and they, Pretty much damn near have already. I mean, it's, what- it's going to be a long, brutal conflict. It, I think it really is going to be. I don't, I don't think Israel's going to. Who's going who's, who, who's to back Hamas? Iran? Uh, it, it, well, Iran. People think that, that Iran, of course, knew what was going to happen, although from what the U.S. intelligence they is saying. They can't prove it. There's no direct, there's no evidence of any direct involvement by Iran in this. Yeah. There's also been reports that Russia supplied weapons to Hamas. But I don't know how accurate all these reports are, you know? But they've been... Uh, Iran and and Russia and probably China have been supporting a Hamas guns money anyway, no? Oh, definitely Iran, without a doubt. Definitely without... Anything to attack Israel, you know? And that means supporting Hamas or Hezbollah, any of those groups... In the Middle East, Iran will support them. No, they. Uh, I, I I fully believe that because Iran is also intent on the destruction of Israel. Yes, but in the meantime, you have all these other Arab states now that are trying to establish peaceful negotiations with Israel, including Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia which they were they were they were doing good. They, they were, were and then this happened. Everything was being okay, and then this happened. And now Saudi Arabia has to back Palestine. Yep. So it's just it's a horrible situation. It is. It really it's is awful on in every in every possible way because Israel it, it, Benjamin Netanyahu Benjamin Netanyahu will kill every Palestinian uh, if it means that he's satisfied that Hamas is gone. He'll kill them all. Well, that's what I think people are afraid of, that something like that is going to happen. This is what Benjamin Netanyahu has been saying. He's been projecting this for a decade. I know, because he's gotten more right-wing as the longer he stayed in the office. And now they took the right of the courts away. Well, that's still being debated. That hasn't been okay. fully enacted yet. And that's what's been dividing... Israeli society all the way through the armed forces, which is, is his attempt to or have a do a radical reform of the judiciary so it can't rule the constitutionality of laws passed by the Israeli Knesset. And then suddenly now that there's a there's an attack on Israel. And now this happens. It's a horrible attack. It's, it's, it is it's, a horrible it's a, attack. It's a you see brutal, what when you see the music brutal. festival scene. Oh my God! No, it, it's it's just. It it's like it's a massacre, you know. It's like a it's like a, like a like a slaughterhouse. It's just unbelievable, brutal. Yeah, unbelievable, brutal. And the response is going to be times what a hundred, hundred thousand. I know. Um, yeah, I'm afraid to see what's going to happen. But the world's on fire, Patrick. You laughed at me. You mocked at me. You you uh, you poo pooed. <laughs> That's only one section of the world that's on fire. Okay. So. All the flames have repercussions everywhere. Uh, yeah. We'll now move on to a happier topic and move on to some heavy petting. Heavy petting. Oh, I can just feel it. Oh, 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 o
Oh dear. <laughs> Did you like that sound cue? The petting was heavy. <laughs> Very. You've been complaining so much about the other sound cue I, I had for it. Sound cue. So I put this one on instead. This is very female. Very. If I found it on a sound effects library, it's titled More Lesbians. Okay. <laughs> well, you, you definitely got that. I, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, that that's just truth in advertising. <laughs> that's what that was. It certainly was. Uh, I'm worried for the one girl's well-being. <laughs> She sounded like she would be passing out at any moment, but I, I guess that's okay. That's so, so it's better than the other one, yes, for sure. Uh, it's very female. Okay. Okay. We now move on for our first news story under heavy petty. We got news this week, Yes, people. about something called canine vaccine hesitancy. Uh-oh, this sounds like a fucking crazy person thing. Well, it was a study conducted by the Boston University School of Public Health and published in a journal called Vaccine. And it found that 53% of American dog owners surveyed question whether the rabies vaccine is safe or whether it works or whether it's useful. Okay. Now, in most states, dog owners are required to give their pets a rabies shot every three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They say, you know, basically the disease has a 99% fatality rate for humans and animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New York State law, as a matter of fact, requires that your pet should get one, if it's a puppy, should get one like within four months after being born, and then should get second rabies shot a year after that, and then three years periodically after that. For the rest of his life. And they say as far as any adverse effects from the vaccine, they say it's very rare that only 2.4% Per one million dogs vaccinated have ever suffered any serious side effects. Yeah. And basically, I think it's what, like 24 million dogs are vaccinated a year? I believe it's something like that. So... Vaccinate your fucking pet. But they're also finding that the research also found that people who hold negative views about human vaccination are also the same type of people who hold negative views about pet vaccination. Quell (laughs) Saprissi. Well, Saprissi. That's, uh... All I know is they should all see, like, a video of a rabid dog, and then maybe they'll think twice about it. Especially if they they have a dog that lives in a rural area where they're exposed to other animals. A person who who is suffering from rabies, a rabies infection. Mm -hmm. Listen, you know what the truth is, Patrick? And and, and, uh, in the past two dogs, for me... Yes. One was so utterly committed. Okay. Okay. This one is really unpredictable to me, okay? He's probably smarter than half of your graduating class from Costa. <laughs> okay. Okay. But but I, I know that he's capable of doing what he's capable of doing, and I can't always predict whether or not he's going to do that. And if you can't predict, and you cannot predict whether or not or who or what your dog is going to bite, he may never, she may, like Louie attacked the fucking hedges, literally the hedges. You can see bald spots, Patrick, in the hedges when this dog attacks and pulls out branches. So you don't know, but so you have to get the fucking dog vaccinated. Exactly. You just do, right? That's it. But you should have to for your kids too. Yeah. The ex- the anti-vaccine thing to me is I think is just how much how much more information do you need that yeah. it's safe that it's that you know, how many people have to live for 75, 80, 100 years? Before you say, you know what, maybe I should go get a flu shot. No, but they're going to listen to some celebrity who says, oh, I don't believe in vaccination. They'd rather believe that. 
or a preacher. Yeah. Well, those are your two. Those are those are your two biggest influences. They preachers and your uh, what do you call uh, B-list celebrities. Yeah, ain't that the truth? We now move on to our dictionary of dogs, our canine compendium. We are up to the letter M today. M M M. Okay. Miniature Schnauzer. No. Schnauzer. Miniature. Miniature poodle. No. Miniature. How about a mountain dog? How about a no. Maltese? No. You're not going to get this one. He's, this dog is from Hungary. Oh, God. It's called the Magyar Agar. Oh, Jesus. Would you like to see a photograph of it? Always. <laughs> I just wish you'd. Fucking pick a dog somebody could say, Oh my god, he said my name! Like they did on the... That uh, is the Magyar Agar. When they look through the glass and they would say, I see Cindy, I see Louise, I see... <laughs> they, 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 they never say the Magdal Agar. But it originated in Hungary sometime in the 10th century and from lands that belonged to the Austro-Hungarian Empire. He looks kind of snotty. They're, well, they're that picture not. They were used for hunting and what they call coursing, which is basically long-distance hunting, right. where they have to go chase an animal over long distances. Uh, they stand about 25 to 27 inches tall to shoulders and weigh between 50 to 70 pounds. Yeah, he's big. They have a very thick skin with a short, dense, and smooth coat, yeah, yeah. which comes in a variety of colors. But they're very hardy dogs. They can tolerate low temperatures. They have a sturdy frame, which makes it ideal for basically running over rugged terrain. I'll tell you what, I know for sure that dog could kick my ass. Probably. Probably. I mean, no, I'm, probably. Not even, I'm not even probably in it. That dog right there in any of those pictures yes. could kick my ass. Now, it's not... It, it's, it's all muscle. Yeah, it's it's often called in a Hungarian gray uh, Hungarian greyhound, but it's not really a greyhound. No, because but but look at the, the how high up the back goes. Yeah, it's not as fast as a greyhound on short sprints, but has much greater endurance and stamina. It runs marathons. Yep, exactly. And they said in the olden days that these dogs would uh, ride alongside their masters on horseback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's an affectionate and docile breed. They're unlikely to bite or be snippy with people. But they have a very strong guarding instinct. Well, that's good news. And they are usually well-behaved around children and also with other dogs. I like the guarding instinct. Right? Me too. That's like Abigail. She has like a guarding instinct, I swear. She's does she? Real. Yeah, she does. She'll sit by that front door as long as it's open and watch everything. They all do by. that. They all, they all, I mean. And then if she sees something, she's got to bark right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah but they know? all do that. They all look out the window. <laughs> they all sit at the front door. They all, that's why you got, you know, nose prints on the bottom hand. Yeah, no some kidding, doors, right? You know what I mean? Because that's, <laughs> that's what they all do. But that is the story of the, Mag the Magyar Agar. What would you name him? The one in the big picture. Oh my god, I don't know. He looks very regal to me. Right? So I would try to I would go to something royal. He too. Oh god, he's gigantic. Look at the shape on him, right? He would be like a ham. Are those his balls or is that just like a shadow from No, that's the shadow. Okay. Yeah, like a, he would be a Hamlet. Right? He's gigundous. Yeah. Well, he looks cute and playful that Right? Way. And they said it's a playful dog. It's very good with kids. Good. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Good for that. So that's the story, the Magyaragar. Magyaragar. We now move on to today's birthdays. And for today's birthday, I actually have three living people for you. you okay. But there are also two dead people's birthdays, which we should acknowledge also. Uh, are we going to do five birthdays? Are we going to do five well, the two, the two dead ones biographies? Well, the two dead ones we'll do really quickly. The three living ones, they have relatively shorter biographies. But well, the two, because they're still alive. Well, yes. But let's see if you can guess the two dead ones. 
Okay. She is probably considered the greatest first lady of the United States. That's after uh, uh, FDR's wife. That would be correct. Yeah. Eleanor Roosevelt. Eleanor, Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eleanor. Today is her birthday. Wow. Good for you, Eleanor. Happy birthday. Right? I was when I was reading up on her and stuff because there were always rumors about whether or not she was a lesbian or she not. She was a lesbian. Well, she did exchange very affectionate love letters with women, but there's been no direct evidence that she disappeared for hours. Well, I mean, she and Franklin had, it, was a ma- it was a marriage of convenience, and they both acknowledged Of course that, it was. You know? She, uh, the girlfriend slept outside her office. Yeah, she had about, there were like three names they mentioned. Amelia Earhart. Amelia Earhart. They left a party so she could go for a ride with <laughs> Amelia Earhart. <laughs> okay. Show me a cockpit. So, happy birthday to happy Eleanor. Happy birthday, Eleanor. Jesus, that girl, that woman has some. Fucking guts. Civil rights activist she after had, her husband oh died and stuff. God. She was great. She was an incredible woman. You know? Oh, my God. She achieved so much. It was. It's truly unbelievable. And she did it without benefit of good looks. Yeah. Yeah. She was not an attractive-looking woman, especially as she got older. But she was an incredible woman. She really was. Yeah. What she did was, what she yeah. did was amazing. And, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our next deceased birthday celebrant is probably considered one of the greatest choreographers of the Broadway theater and probably one of the most hated men in Broadway theater. Jerome Robbins. Jerome Robbins. You know, there's a story about him giving notes to the original cast of Fiddler on the Roof. Yes. And as they're assembled, they're all assembled on the stage, and he he is facing them downstage center, and as he's giving them notes, he's backing up. And as he's he's just giving them notes, and he's so horrible and so cruel that nobody in the company is willing to speak up and say, Jerry, don't step back. Because he fell into the pit. Pit, yep. He was horrible. Yeah. Horrible. I have a book here called uh, Broadway Babylon. I do too. And there's yeah. a chapter called JR. And half of it's about him. Uh-huh. And all these comments and stories about him. Brutal. Despicable man. Of course, it didn't help that he also named names before the House on American Activities Committee because he was afraid for his career, because he was afraid he was going to be exposed as being gay. He was a, a, a left-wing Jewish faggot from New York. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to break more. He wanted to break into Hollywood. He, he afraid if he Hollywood. was exposed as being gay, he wouldn't get that chance. He, and he was probably right. Although, you know, choreographer, you got to assume... Or you're within your rights to assume. Anyway, yeah, he was uh, brilliant, gifted, Jesus Christ, vision. Fiddler on the Roof, to me, is a ballet. That story moves like a ballet. Yes. Then, of course, the West Side Story. I mean, the epicness of Gypsy. Universally one of the top five musicals ever, and universally the best overture ever conceived for a musical. Right. Uh, Gypsy. Yep. Which, of course, he had absolutely nothing, nothing to, to do, do with. But, but a brilliant piece of, of theater uh, and a great piece of Americana. But a horrible... He tortured people. Yeah, he, he did. He, he was a bully. He was a bully. He was, he was a bully. awful to, to the people who worked for him. In fact, the only two people he didn't really try to bully were Ethel Merman and Barbara Streisand. Okay. And Barbara Streisand later said, I was afraid of him. <laughs> Ethel Merman makes sense because she's a bigger name and they needed Ethel Merman. Yeah. That show was written for Ethel Merman. They needed yeah. Ethel Merman. So, yeah, he was a good boy for Ethel. And let's let's be honest, Ethel Zimmerman, she was scary. Okay? That yeah, bitch she talked was. like a trucker. Yeah, she did. She was 
big and she was feisty and she would kick your ass. Fucking Ethel. Yeah. So I, I, I understand. It's Streisand. I don't understand. Probably just her money and power and her reputation. But yeah, just what the way he treated people was, was just despicable. Legendary. And, and for so long, it was how people thought choreographers and directors should treat the ensemble. Like, yeah. That was the standard. Yes. Yeah. the way, you know. But brutal. Horrible and brutal, and it's not that way anymore. No, thank God. never have been. And But the creativity and the, the contribution, it, this is the tip, the very, and like, peak of, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, you know right, exactly. Because no like, he's a genius, but he's a total despicable human bad. being. He was a horrible, horrible guy. Right? But thighs of sculpture. Beautiful, right? Well, now we'll move on to the living birthdays. This person was born October 11th, 1954 in Indiana. He moved with his family to Arizona when he was 14. He revealed his sexual orientation to his parents when he was 18. He began his career as an activist in San Francisco during the 1970s, where he was befriended by Pioneer gay rights leader Harvey Milk, and he worked as a student intern in Milk's office. In 1982, he founded the San Francisco AIDS Foundation, which they co-founded it. He later conceived of the idea of the AIDS Memorial uh, Quilt at a candlelight memorial for Harvey Milk in 1985. For the march, this person had people write the names of loved ones who were lost to AIDS on signs, and then they taped the signs to the old San Francisco Federal Building. And it looked like an enormous patchwork quilt to this person, so then he was inspired to come up with the AIDS quilt. And he created the first panel in 1987 in honor of his friend, Marvin Feldman. Do you know his name? Uh, no, I do not. His name is Cleve Jones. We, you have spoken about him before. Yes, I have. Uh, I have, uh, in the past also. I follow him on Facebook, too. Known who he was. He's still alive? Yes, he is. Is his birthday? Today is his birthday. How old is he? He is 69 years old today. Damn. Right? Not very much older than you. No. <laughs> thank you for reminding me. Yeah. Uh, and thank you for the cookie, Steven. You're a good boy. <laughs> oh, happy birthday there, Clarence. Cleve. Cleve. And Who I'm... names their son Cleve? It's got to be short for something. Maybe it's short for Cleveland. That's been enough. Cleveland? <laughs> Cleveland? Oh, I love you. You're my son. I bore you. I, I nursed you for nine months inside of my body. I pushed you out through my vagina, thus ruining it for the rest of my life. And I'm going to call you Cleveland. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Our next birthday celebrant was born October 11th, 1956 in Naples. His father was an American Florida or Italy? Mechanic. Florida or Italy? Italy. Italy. Florence, Italy, 1957. But he ended up growing up in Glendale, Arizona. He became a stage actor, and he won consecutive Tony Awards for Best Featured Actor and Best Actor in a Play for his performance as Prior Walter in <laughs> Angels oh, in America geez. Millennium Approaches and Angels in America Perestroika. I should know this. You should know this. I absolutely I'm should know this. Shocked you don't know this. I don't know this. His name is Steven Spinella. Steven Spinella. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he is 67 years old today. Is he that old? Yes, he is. Fuck me. <laughs> Steven Spinella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super talented. Very talented. Yeah, good guy. Yep. Good for him. 
Then our last. Is he a douchebag? Or, or? Oh, no, no. He's a good guy. As it far was as his I know. Birthday. Yeah. It was his birthday today. Steven Spinella. Yes. Happy birthday, yo, Steven. We only allowed one douchebag on the birthday list this week. <laughs> okay, good. And that was Jerome Robbins. And that was plenty. That was enough, more than now, enough. You and Mike could leave off douchebags next week, too. <laughs> Just from ripple effect. Our next birthday celebrant, born November, I'm sorry, October 11th, 1977, in Missouri and raised in Texas. He made his professional stage debut at age 17 in a Houston production of A Streetcar Named Desire. In 2000, he made his television debut on the long-running soap opera All My Children. From 2009 to 2014, he played con artist and thief Neil Caffrey in the USA Network series White Collar. Okay, I used to watch All My Children. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Do you know who we played? Uh, on All My Children? No, I do not. Okay. Not that it would help. In 2015, he won a Golden Globe Award and received a Emmy Award nomination for playing a closeted writer of the New York Times in the uh, television adaptation of the play The Normal Heart. Uh, I've had that play. My mother used to work for Doubleday and those sh and through a long string of whatever events and benefits and whatever, 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 she would get certain books for like a quarter. And she would bring me all of these published editions of plays. And what, uh, she would just take them. If it was a play, she would just take it from me. Yeah. Know? She didn't know what it was. So I have all these plays. And one of them is The Normal Heart. And it has been on my bookshelf probably 30 years. It's a good play. More than that. Good play. Yeah. It is a good play. It's right. not done enough. No, it's not. And it's still relevant. Yes, it is. Well, anyway, this this actor also appeared in a uh, guest appearance in the fourth season of American Horror Story, and then uh, was featured in the fifth season of American Horror Story. Wait, wait, wait. He was killed off in the fourth season. I remember that. He, he was on a few episodes. All right, all right, all right. He also appeared as one of Will Truman's boyfriends in Will and Grace. Oh, my God. Wait, hold on. The boyfriends. So he was the older guy. Oh, wait. I said one. Hal Linden? No. Hal Linden? That's Barney Miller. <laughs> Wasn't he one of Will's boyfriends? Hal Linden would have been like in his 90s if he was still alive. So who was it that I'm mistaken for Hal Linden, for Will Truman's boyfriend? There was Alex. Alex. There was Bobby Cannavale. Bobby Cannavale. Who was, was the, the boyfriend at the one. end of the original right, right, series. Right, right. There was Alex Barton. Alex from Massapequa. Alex, what's his name? Alex, the family. Stephen, Alex, uh, Alec Baldwin. Okay. Alec Baldwin was one. He couldn't take shit in my teeth. I think that the character he played was a newscaster. Oh. But it was pretty vacant. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you this I don't now. Know this. In 2018, he starred in the revival of the Mark Crowley play, The Boys and the Band, on okay. Broadway. He played Donald and reprised the role for the 2020 film of the same name. He came out publicly as gay in 2012. He's been married since 2011, and they had, the couple has three children conceived through surrogacy. His name? Matt Bomer. Matt Bomer. can't believe you didn't get that. He's got a big dick. <laughs> Oh, you know this personally? Yeah, because this picture, it's famous. He's famous for it. Like, if you, put, if you Google Web it right now, it would be like, if you Google Webbed his name, okay, like one of the first things coming up would be nude or frontal nude. Or, really? Yeah, go ahead. I, I'll do it after the show. No, I, I, I think you should do it now. No, I'll do it after I the show. I think we're saving plenty of time. <laughs> I think you should do it now. We're already third, over 30 minutes into the podcast I episode. I think you should see the gloriousness that God can do. <laughs> 
And if you if you just type if it into will make you happy, Mac Bomber, it's a big old heavy looking thing. No, nope, they're not showing it there. A little bit better there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could see heft. I'm seeing all sides of him except his front side. Except his front. <laughs> I know it exists. <laughs> It's, well, he's just pretty much standing there for a full frontal photo. Okay. It's just him and his... It's a nice Schwanstücke. It's a, it is. It looks like it should be hanging from a German deli. <laughs> the ceiling in a German deli. Well, the also, whole... by the way... Yes. Uh, speaking of uh, generous-sized penises... Yes. Uh, the kid, Johnny Galecki... Yes. Oh, yes, I know. I've seen his penis. Did on you scene. see that son of a bitch? That was in the little door left. The little door left. Yes. The little dog didn't laugh. <laughs> Holy shit. Yes, I was quite impressed. Woof. I was quite impressed. Yeah, I was, yeah. Good play, too. Yeah, it was a good play. She was excellent. Oh, Julie White. Julia yeah, White. She yeah, was yeah, great yeah, in that. Yeah, she, yeah. she won the Tony Award for that. Yeah, she should have. I didn't understand what the chairs had to do with anything, but okay. Like, you know how that whole the proscenium was like catering chairs? Like right. Like stacked. I don't remember now. It was no, it, it was it was weird. Okay. Well, to our birthday celebrants, we say happy birthday, happy birthday, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> all you bitches. Well, normally we go into bring out your dead, but no one really famous died this past week. Believe I, it or I not, I hate when they do that. There's enough of them. Uh, they should die regularly, <laughs> at least once a week. At you least know? once a week. Yeah. You're killing us here on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you on this one. But we'll move on to our next segment. Today in history. Did you know they're bringing Patsy and the Coconuts back to Broadway? Yes, I'm a lot. Yes, I've been seeing all the uh, yes. notices about that. Yes, yes, yes. Patsy yes, and the yes. Coconuts ride again. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Fuck you. Well, today in history, October 11th, 1987, and this ties in with Cleve Jones, today uh, marks the first display of the entire AIDS memorial quilt. That was in Washington. Yes, it happened at the second national march on Washington for lesbian and gay rights. And like I said, it was the first public display of the whole memorial quilt. Yeah, it took up the whole mall. It's basically the size of two football fields and memorializes over 85,000 people. Ain't that some shit? Then, one year later, in 1988, on October 11th, Act Up invaded the FDA. Oh, dear. More than a thousand demonstrators, led by ACT UP activists, invaded the grounds of the Food and Drug Administration to focus attention on the AIDS crisis and to protest the agency's slow drug approval process. I remember that. About 150 uh, protesters were arrested. Here's actually a news clip of it. Oh, sure. Yeah. This Yeah, that's only a small bit of it. This goes. This clip's about a half an hour long. Yeah, I don't want to see all that. I didn't think so. Bloody yelling. So that happened in 1988. Okay. Then, on October 11, 2009, there was the National Equality March took place in Washington, D.C. That was called for by activist David Mixner and implemented by Cleve Jones. It was the first national march in D.C. for LGBT rights since the 2000 Millennium March. I mean, Cleveland is what you would name the episiotomous <laughs> spot. You're really stuck on that name, I mean, aren't you? Leave. It's just so something. It's something. All it is, right. It's a lot of it. Cleave. Is it like Appalachian 
you know, sort of, I mean, or is it like oh, super high class British or Irish aristocracy? Cleve. This is Cleve and his wife. I don't know. I don't know. It fascinates me. Cleve. So, yeah. Big gay days. No, he was born Cleve Jones. It's not even Cleveland. It's Cleve Jones. Uh, he wasn't born that way. Some adult decided that he would be known for the rest of his life as Cleve. Yep. That's abysmal. Obviously, he didn't think so. Have, he didn't change his name. There are some people who, like... There are some countries who have laws on things you like. You can name your children, and you can name them certain things. Okay. Well, one of them is Cleve. I don't know. Probably <laughs> not. I mean, it seems pretty reasonable when you consider... <sighs> Names like Moon Unit. We're going to move on to our next segment now. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. i got to go back because it's a tomorrow thing. But tomorrow, October 12th. Yes. 25 years since Matthew Shepard died. Okay. 25 fucking years. You believe it? Yes, I can. I remember when it happened. I do too. Really, a lot of people have no idea anymore who he is or was. That's true. And I know there's a new documentary coming out about him, but I don't know on what channel or service it's on. We'll find out. We'll yeah. know. It'll come across. But I just want to say that uh, it's not today in history. It's tomorrow in history. Okay. Because I am a forward thinker and always have been, uh, whereas I'd like to uh, celebrate future birthdays. Okay. And so, so, yeah, it's just a thing. So, yeah, tomorrow. Okay. Okay. October 12th. We now move on to our next segment. That's Yes, it's time for what day is it? Okay, belly button, belly button lint day. No. Uh, the day of of hockey violence awareness. No. It's a day that the Canadians celebrate. Uh, that all their fucking birds leave and go down and shit all over New York and New Jersey. <laughs> no. No, all right. Today is National Coming Out Day. I knew that. You didn't say it. No, I didn't because I didn't think of it. It was first founded in 1988, and he used uh, October 11th, since it was the first anniversary of the March in 1987 that we okay. talked about earlier. Okay. Do you have a coming out story? No. No? You didn't come out to your parents and say, I'm gay? No, I did. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, I was sort of born, you know, Boa and Tiara intact. Okay. Like, it was never a question. It was, it was not good. Okay. And so I prefer to skip it. Fair enough. Okay. Do you want to tell yours? I actually never came out and said to my parents I'm gay. Okay. Because I was, it was in deathly fear of my father and what he might do. I mean, as it was, he had me playing all these sports and everything. Right, right, right. He, he wanted me to join the army. Because, you're short. You know. <laughs> I mean, for real. But and I, like I said, I heard the things he had said about the queers and right, stuff. Right, right. So I grew up in fear of, of ever telling him. The funny thing is, years and years later, when after I was with Stephen, and we were living here in the house and everything, and my second cousin came over. She lived out west at the time. She came to visit. And we're talking about me being gay and stuff, and she's like, well, I told my mother, who was my cousin. Her name is Connie. We called her Cookie. And she's like, well, I told my mother you were gay. And you know what my mother said? She goes... Oh, that's no news. George and Charlotte knew that a long time ago. And I was like, I wish they had told me. Well, no. It's not <laughs> their news to tell. It's not for them to... Well, they be only because they didn't say it because they were too busy trying to fight against it. All right. That may be. You know? That may well be. But I mean, anytime I went to a wrong. party, my mother would ask, were there any girls well, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. It's like, yeah. 
But they knew anyway. But they knew anyway. And they were they playing into your charade, or were you playing into theirs? Probably yes to both. Because I didn't know this until years after. This was after they had both passed of away. Of course. I found this course. out about what they knew. Yeah, they knew. Like I said, which they had told me would have saved me a lot of time and grief. And one always knows. But now, today is not... I, coming out is not something that uh, should be done or taken lightly. And it should be considered a gift to the person who uh, is uh, is being coming out to. Yeah. If somebody comes out to you, they are offering you a gift. And how you receive it says a lot about who you are. Yeah, exactly. So. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and then. Oh, go ahead. Move on. Move on. Well, today is not only National Coming Out Day. Today is also General Pulaski Memorial Day. General Pulaski. He's, there's a road named after him up at Huntington. So do you know who General Pulaski is? I do not know who General Pulaski is. He was a Polish nobleman, soldier, and military commander uh, who, uh, after being exiled from Poland following a revolution there that failed, he was convinced by Benjamin Franklin to travel to North America to help the colonists in the American Revolutionary War. Okay. And even before he was fully commissioned as an officer in 1777, he took part in this battle of, called the Battle of Brandywine, which the colonists lost, but because of Pulaski and his corps of uh, cavalrymen that he had, they basically were able to fend the enemy off while the main army was able to retreat. Thus Is this the saving guy? George uh, Washington's life. No, that's Baron von Steuben. But he basically was then commissioned as a uh, brigadier general and was also named commander of the horse. And he basically reformed the American cavalry and became known as the father of the American cavalry. Okay. Interesting little fact about him. Probably not. Well, he when, we, when he, di- he, he died uh, in battle... Uh, after two days, and uh, they buried him on this plantation area in Savannah. But they moved his body to a monument in Savannah. Then his body was exhumed in 1996 for forensic study, and they discovered that his skeleton had a number of typically female features, which led to the hypothesis that Pulaski may have been female or intersex. But without any DNA evidence, they have no way of confirming either way. Ain't that some shit. Right? I thought that was... Wow. You learn something new every day. Some Yentl action going on. (laughs) With the American Revolution. Right? So, yeah. So, happy General Pulaski Memorial Day. Yeah, go for it. And to all Polish Americans who who celebrate. Okay. Okay. It's not like there's a Polish Day parade or nothing. There might be in some areas. We now move on to our next segment, wherein we take a look into my briefs. All right, so we're screaming now. All right, so we're talking about law. Look into my briefs. And the Supreme Court mm, is, fucking guys. is being asked to consider a case that involves a ban on conversion therapy. Okay. It seems the state of Washington has a ban on conversion therapy for minors. Okay. Which has already been banned in about half of the U.S. states. But there's this family counselor in Washington state named Brian Tingley, who is challenging the state's ban, claiming that it violates his free speech and religious rights. He said the law forbids him from speaking and treating his professional license as a license for government censorship. What? He said that the, uh, that the law forbids him from speaking and, is, uh, and, and it's treating his professional license as a license for government censorship. So because he's licensed, he can't say anything. 
Otherwise, he'll lose his license. He can't do what he wants to do, say what he wants to he say. He can't perform conversion therapy under the state law, and he's saying it's a violation of his free, 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 free speech and religious rights. Okay. Now, never mind that you know, that the conversion therapy you, you, has involved electrical shocks, giving drugs that cause vomiting and nausea. There's a lot of bad practices that go with this conversion therapy. And opponents said that states have banned it because it increased the risk of depression and suicide among queer young people. Uh, who are already the highest at-risk group anyway. Yep. And, it, it, well, the one thing about this Washington state law, it says it doesn't apply to churches or religious groups, only to licensed therapists. Okay. Which is kind of weird. Well, no, it's not really weird at all, because this guy is right, because he's licensed by the state. He can't do it. Right. Okay? But if he were to be some sort of religious person, he could. Which is kind of sick in itself. Yeah. Okay. That even a, reli a religious group is allowed to engage in these kind of practices. Yeah. That's sick. And, and you know, it's got to be worse. What? The treatment, the program, the Of course. The therapy. Of course. It's yeah, horrible. Yeah, horrible. So, yeah, so the Supreme Court may be considering that case. It was just brought to their attention. All right. So he's he's not allowed. Washington State says he can't do conversion therapy, and it's against his religious rights, but he's... And First Amendment rights. His, his free speech his rights. His free too. speech rights. And his religious rights. Yep. So we're just conservative majority. Anything is possible, you oh, know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Especially yeah. the way it's been sticking up for religious liberty more and more, you what know? What if your religious liberty requires you sacrifice a blonde virgin on every full moon? That's what I mean. How far does this go? I... Incidentally, when's the next full moon? I have no idea. I think it's not until next month. Never mind. Why do you ask? Oh, never mind. Okay. I don't get it. Of course you don't. Anyway, we're going to move on to our next segment. Yes, it's time once again for the Week in Fascism. How many stories you got? How many stories do I have? Just one big story. All right, which one is it? Basically about the House and the Senate and the freaking mess that's going on in both houses. Okay, go ahead and hit me with it. Well, first you have the House Republicans. Basically, the whole House of Representatives has now come to a standstill because of the ouster of Kevin McCarthy as Speaker. They ain't got a Speaker. And the Republicans can't agree. Right now, the... Republican House conference met, and by a majority vote, they're supporting Steve Scalise as Steve the House Speaker. The, the other nominee was Jim Jordan. Who is problematic, really. For, for many, many reasons, which we've good. talked about before. Yeah, yeah. But it's not guaranteed that he's going to get meet the, the, the voting threshold to be elected Speaker. That's right. Because more than likely, the Democrats aren't going to support him. No, you'll get they zero didn't, They didn't support during... The 15 votes for McCarthy, right. you know? No, no, no. They'll vote. The Democrats will vote as a block. Yeah. And the Republicans, I thought, they can only afford to lose like four votes, I right. think, maybe. And we right got, now, there was, what, eight that voted for the ouster of McCarthy. There are at, so least, knows? at least eight lunatics. Mm -hmm. Probably more. So they can't, they can't even pass a resolution in support of Israel during this war. They can't do anything no, until this is speaker. resolved. It's 
unbelievable. It's the come rules. To a standstill. They're not allowed to do anything without a speaker of the house. But then I was looking over at the Senate and what's going on there. What and the of, hell are they? Up well, to? of course you have to, uh, Senator Tommy Tuberville. This fucking guy. Yeah, he has placed a hold on all military promotions that require Senate confirmation because he opposes the defense the, the Defense Department policy that allows service members members to travel out of state where they can have a legal abortion. Never mind, they should be giving a service member anything they want at any time for the rest of their fucking lives. Right. Okay, so now so now he's got this hold on all military uh, appointments. Okay, how many are there? Over 300. Three, including... Generals, one. admirals, and policy officials. Until recently, he opposed a confirmation of the Marine Corps Commandant. That was only confirmed in September. He's also opposed two picks for the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the one representing the Navy and one for the Air Force, and also for military officers are leading U.S. forces in the Middle East. So there's no Chief of uh, Army? There's, there's no um, Military Chief of Staff? To, what are they there's, Well, there's the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Chairman Staff. Of the Joint they, they have that. All right. But there's no one from the Air Force there and no one from the Navy there. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Because of Tuberville. Because of Tuberville. Okay. But he's not the only one holding things up. You also have Senators Ted Cruz and Senator J.D. Vance and Senator Rand Paul who are holding up all these other nominations. Rand Paul is still a senator? Yeah, from Kentucky. Yep, he's still there. Jeez. I know. But uh, Cruz, basically, he uh, has been opposing the uh, ambassadorships to Egypt, Oman, Kuwait, and Lebanon, as well as the State Department's counterterrorism coordinator. He's also threatening to hold up the nomination of Jack Lew, who's the nominee for the U.S. ambassador to Israel. He's threatening to hold that up. Why? What does he want? Because he, they're trying to tie it in with the aid to Ukraine. They want to cut off the aid to Ukraine. They want all these budget cuts. They're doing it's, and plus they, they feel that they aren't coming up strongly enough against Iran. Okay. That's their bullshit reasons they're right. giving. Okay. Then you have J.D. Vance, who's been holding up nominations for the State Department because he believes the department is too woke. And he sent out a questionnaire to nominees to determine who he might lift his holds on. So hold on. Yep. The State Department, whose job it is yep. to be woke. Yeah, no, he doesn't want to be woke. And then you have Rand Paul, who had a two-year blanket hold on all State Department nominees until he got the department's documents on the origins of COVID. They finally gave him those documents in this past summer, and he allowed some of the nominees to go through. But is it any wonder it looks like our government is unable to function anymore. Well, it doesn't have people in key positions. How can it function? It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. And it's because of a handful of lunatics who got elected. Yeah. What's that mean, Patrick? What do you got to do? Vote. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's just, it's really, it's just very frustrating. It really is. And you see what's, you see what's going on in the world right now and you're holding up military promotions. How did I stop this? I know. You started with that. The world is on fire. Yep. <sighs> you started with that. I know. I could be I could be uh, the homeless woman in Sweeney Todd. <laughs> City on fire. <laughs> City on fire. We now move on to our next segment. Yes, it's time for what we like to watch. Last night I watched a couple of, I fell into a John Oliver wormhole. Oh, last week tonight? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love his show. So he's, he's. We always watch it every Sunday night. I don't have the uh, HBO subscription that you have. Okay. Yeah, I'm not an attorney. 
Oh, excuse me. So, uh, <laughs> it's out of my reach, but uh, the on YouTube. And he's just brilliant. He's he's truly he is. brilliant. He or is. his writers are He brilliant. has brilliant writers, yeah. But he's he has a great delivery and style. He's so good. Right? He's so good. And he's so observant. And he's always right. And he's always got that obscure zinger that's coming at any moment. Yeah, definitely. So, I was really enjoying him. Cool. John Oliver. Any new RuPaul? Uh, RuPaul Britain is happening. I don't know when last we spoke in relation to the last time I saw it. I think it airs on Thursdays or some shit. There's a whole bunch of things that I should be watching that I really, like, I can't get into this American Horror Story season. We've been watching it, too. Uh, Emma Roberts is just annoying the shit out of me in this and series. She, she specifically, nothing specifically bothers me about it except for how fucking slow it is. It, it's, yeah. And this is supposed to be like another double feature season. Well, They're going to be starting so, a second storyline midway through. Maybe the second storyline will be more interesting. It's just that this... This one's just dragging. Not, it's like, where are you going with this? I can't get into it. Of course, I can't get enough RuPaul. Oh, <laughs> uh, what else do I look for? I, like every week, I look. Oh, 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 oh! They, they, they we're done with the Master Chef. They crowned the, the Master Chef. Oh, okay. They did that by regions this year. Regions oh, really? So it started with the people uh, separated into four regions. Okay. And the regions competed for a while yeah. until it was just then individuals. Yeah. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Uh, and then Master Chefs Junior, they crowned their winner. So yeah, I'm at a, uh, you know I'm missing some stuff. I I should watch more movies. Yes, more long form uh, stuff instead of the three minutes that TikTok allows for. <laughs> yes, Will and Grace clips. You need to develop the longer attention span. The Golden Girls clips. <laughs> which I can watch ad nauseum. I can watch old television clips forever. Well, to make up for your lack of movie viewing, we watched quite a few movies. Actually, we watched a double feature of two older movies. It was back-to-back Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal. Okay. Silence of the Lambs, great freaking movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it great. Yeah, it's it just is. great. Yeah, it is. And I think watching, I've seen the movie so many times, but for this reason, I don't know what it was, I was especially creeped out by Anthony Hopkins this time. He's it. creepy as fuck, Anthony especially Hopkins. Especially even at the point where he just like rubs his finger on Jodie Foster's hand when he's giving her the file through the bars. He, uh, it's just it's creepy. You got your hands on your hips and you're standing there with your hip jutted and, and, and looking like you got shit to say. So what is it? Yes, you're interrupting our conversation. Would you fuck me? Fuck oh, me. Jesus Christ, yes. He watched the movie with me, of course. Okay. And then we watched Hannibal. I thought that was maybe some sort of weird pickup line between the two of you. And <laughs> maybe I should be leaving now. It's Buffalo Stephen. <laughs> okay. That was... That was that, I mean, it was a creepy fucking movie. That movie was yeah, crazy. it really was. And the movie Hannibal just... Pales in comparison. Okay, well, pales. Was, I mean, I read the the book that was the sequel to it, and the ending was horrible. In the ending, he had they had Clarice get brainwashed by him, and they go off together. Okay, that was the way the book ended. And fans were furious. It's they, a choice. They changed the ending for the movie, but the movie just the best part of the movie were the scenes in Italy. That was the best part of the film. Do you know that Barbara Streisand is going to re-edit the ending to Funny Girl? Why? Because she thinks that she can finish the story up better. Whatever. Uh, uh, I'm speechless at that. I see that. I'm enjoying it, actually. Um, Just get over yourself. Okay. 
Get over yourself. She's Barbara Streisand. I know. Leave it the fuck alone. It's a great movie. Leave it the fuck alone. What are you going to tinker with it for? She thinks she could end it better. I am amazed she has that kind of control over that movie. I know. Jesus Christ. That she can go in and tamper with that movie uh, is pretty amazing to me. That is amazing. It's iconic. Yes. And, and the ending is iconic. Her in that dress, singing that song. They wrote for her for, her for that moment. Yep. It's a great moment. It's, one a, of the, it's, a, it's fantastic a great moment. One of the greatest cinematic moments ever, I think. It's... It's, uh, yeah, it's up there with your roses turns and your, it's a great moment for that woman. Uh, yeah. And they repeated that moment again in Funny Lady. Yes, they did. Which, which is not I, as good. Uh, no, but the dress is fucking Oh, fat. yeah. <laughs> that dress that she, uh, uh, how lucky can you get? Is that yeah, what she sings? Yeah, I think that was it, I think yeah. she sings how lucky can you get. And she slaps the hanging light bulb at the end and walks out and she reveals this dress that is dropped in the back to <laughs> her taint. It is so deep. The the plunge in the back of this dress and it's lined with rhinestones that meet not and then fall into like like a like a like a tassel. Okay. Uh yeah, it is a fantastic dress. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. Black fits her like, you know. Butter. A tight contact. <laughs> anyway, as to what I've been recently watching, not some of the old movies, but some newer movies, I watched this found footage movie called As Above, So Below on Netflix. Sounds shitty. It was, it was a good premise. It's all about this woman researcher. She's trying to find the legendary uh, Philosopher's Stone. Uh, is this a real thing? Well, it's a legendary thing. It's it's based on an actual legend, the Philosopher's Stone. It's like the, th- the sword and the stone. No, it's a different legend. No, no, but it's a legend. It's a like legend. That. I just said it's a legend. You know what? How many different ways do I have to say it? Uh, until I understand it. It's a legend. Teacher of the year. Communicator of the decade. <laughs> All right, it's a legend. So she goes on this search with this whole crew. To prove this legend. Yes, because she believes that the it's buried with this man named Nicholas Flamel, an alchemist, and that his body is somewhere under the streets of Paris in the catacombs. Okay, how many people are under there? In the, in the there's catacombs? about, I think there's about eight people that go all no, together. No, 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 I mean, how many people are buried in the catacombs? Oh, hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. He's, he, she, he's, she's going to go find this one guy. Yes. Okay. And things happen. Do you remember happen- what that place must smell like? The catacombs? They have tours to do through them. Yeah, they must pump some, like, Disney <laughs> scent or some shit through there. But anyway, the lead character is the most annoying thing in the movie because all she gives a shit about is finding the stone. She doesn't care what happens to anyone else. Anything else, what dangers they may be facing, she just wants to find a stone. It's okay. Like, I hate fucking people like that, you know? Right. Just annoying. It's okay. your lead character. Unfortunately, she's, she's, she lives at the end. <laughs> well, the lead character usually does. Yeah, not always. I was really hoping she'd go. Well, she didn't. Nope. You want a different, write some fan fiction. Then we watched a very good movie on Netflix called Totally Killer. It's basically Halloween meets Back to the Future. Okay. And it's all about the story of this serial killer who killed these three girls 40 years earlier. And apparently now it's 40 years later and the killer has come back and killed this one girl's mother who was a teenager back then. So I don't want to explain the whole thing, but she goes back in time and she tries to find out who the serial killer is so that he can she can stop her from killing her mother 40 she, years later. Did she marry him? 
No, she didn't marry. Did he live next door? No, he didn't live next door. Huh? But it's a good movie. It's a, it's a horror comedy. Okay. It, it makes a, you know, a lot of good 80s references, a lot of good jokes about the 80s. Nice. Yeah. I love the 80s. Yeah. So, yeah, I would definitely big thumbs up on that movie. That was a lot of fun. That was when my stomach was flat and my ass was round. <laughs> that Instead was of my ass being flat, my stomach being round. I was going to say that was last century, but I mean two centuries You ago. don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know. And then lastly, we watched some, like, 40-minute documentary made by TMZ. I forget what channel it was on Amazon Prime or on Netflix called Tragically Viral. And it's about how kids using social media content, and it brought up all these stories that had all these tragic outcomes. And it basically makes the argument that social media should be regulated. Okay. It, re- it needs to be regulated, and, or, and I, or at least the use of it by minors should be regulated. Okay. And they have to what watch sort of this regulations idea. do you suggest? I don't know. I'm not an expert in the field. Well, so. what does the movie suggest? It doesn't suggest anything. It just brings up these stories of what happened in these incidents involving social media. So it says this is happening. Yeah. This, and it's happening where it's happening and who it's happening to. And we don't know anything about it. We're not going to say anything about it. We don't have an idea about how to solve it. We don't have nothing to help you with it. We're just going to show it's you that. It's documenting the events that happened. It's okay. not at all. It's a documentary. It doesn't have to offer a solution. Okay, Mr. The Fucking Fensive. <laughs> that was a good use of fucking. Oh, really? Too fucking offensive. Uh, a little bit of alliteration there. Not too much to be annoying. But, uh, yeah, I liked it. The fucking offensive. Don't be so f- the fucking offensive. You kind of want to say fucking defensive, though. Don't be so fucking defensive. Don't be so the fucking offensive. Are you done? Well, so, you know, you have anything to say? If not, I'll just keep going. I'm going to move on to the next segment. You do you what you want. You, you, you live your life. Oh, gee, thank you very much. God, Karen, you are so stupid. Yes, perfect timing for stupid people. I resent that. <laughs> I understood it. I resent it. Well, today's stupid people is not so much a person, but a group of people that run the Huntsville-Madison County Public Library in Madison, Alabama. Oh, see, Alabama, man. Well, you know... Tumberville is from... Was Stomachville? What's his name? Tommy Tuberville. He's from Alabama. He's from Alabama. Yes. Tuberville. Well, anyway, you know about all these book bans that are occurring across the country that are taking out books that have to do with queer people or anything. So this library decided to take out this book called Read Me a Story. It's a picture book. Do you know why they removed the book? Because it has a picture of the Tom of Finland fisting scene. (laughs) Uh, No! It was on t-shirts across America in the 80s. No. No. Okay. Um. It had a uh. Who's the photographer? Maplethorpe. <laughs> no, there were no Robert Maplethorpe pictures. In this. Not with the whip up his ass. No. No. Right. This was a children's picture book. All right. Well, I'm saying. Well, I mean, it, it, it was offensive enough to take off the fucking shelves. It wasn't a bunny. Well, I'm going to tell you the reason why it was removed. Well, you do what you have to. Because the author's name was Marie Louise Gay. Marie-Louise Gay. G-A-Y? G-A-Y. Okay. That's why the book was removed. Because of the author's name? Yep. Marie-Louise Gay? Yep. I know plenty of gay Marie-Louises. Well, I don't think this woman is gay. There was nothing in the book that was even remotely gay. The book was Tell Me a Story. Yeah. By by, uh, Marie-Louise Gay. And they removed it because of her last name. Okay. All right. 
If that isn't fucking stupid, I don't I'm, know what I'm, it is. I'm thinking that this is a bottom. <laughs> a Do you know bottom? what I mean? Like a bottom, like the cellar. This is as low as it can get. This is as, as stupid and as yeah. low as it can get. I, I'm saying that this is the bottom. Because of the author's name being gay, which means that the word gay, yeah, which has a definition in the English language other than, you know, poopy packers. Okay? So... <laughs> Uh, Are you going to ban authors with the last name Van Dyke? Oh, for Dick? Could you imagine? Or fucking Dick? Philip K. Dick. Dick Van Dyke. You know, remove Philip K. Dick's books. If Dick Van Dyke couldn't get on television. Oh, my that. God, right? Ban him. Oh, well, Not with Barry that Mary Poppins. Right? He can't watch that movie, Dick Van Dyke. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Dicks and dykes. <laughs> so, anyway, to the okay. Huntsville, Madison County Public Library, we say... Stupid! You're so stupid! God, and yeah. doesn't Van mean like of? Probably or with, yeah. Right, right, right. So it's it's Dick Van Dyke. Yes. Dick of Dyke. Dick with Dyke. Dick, <laughs> yeah. Dick of Dyke. Or Dick of Dyke. Yeah. I like Dick of Dyke better because it sounds like there should be a picture with it. <laughs> Dick from Dyke just sounds like <laughs> you could put any tree with a mountain in it. Oh, my God. Some guy named Dick. Julie Andrews, take us away! Raindrops on roses, and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. I never get tired of it. I know you do. Same clip. We I know. never get tired of it. I'd know. love to hear the whole song. Yes, folks, it's time for Five Faves. Oh, shit, I was supposed to do something here. Yes, because being that today was National Coming Out Day, okay. you were asked to name your five favorite stage, television, or film depictions of someone coming out. Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen DeGeneres, famous coming out on her show. That was fabulous. Yes, it was. It was funny. Did it over the microphone it was, it at was, the supermarket? Uh, yes, it, it fit in with the character, with the story. It was a fantastic moment. Yes, it was. It's also the only one I can think of in the category. I'm sure you'll think of more. Okay, what are your suggestions? Well, my first one on my list was Kevin Klein in the film oh, In and God. Out. Wait, where, where does he come out? In the worst place possible. Yeah, his at his wedding. Yeah. <laughs> And the, the greatest part about that is the build-up to that moment is, like, him with all the Barbara Streisand information. Yeah. And, you know, he's clearly gay. And then Joan Cusack yelling at the end, Fuck Barbara Streisand! Joan Cusack <laughs> lying in a heap in the middle she of the She practically steals the movie. In a wedding Oh, gown. my God. She practically steals the film. She's, she's absolutely oh my God. steals the film. Whenever she's on the screen, it's fantastic. It's just, the movie is, yeah. is absolutely brilliant. Yep. When she is on the screen. Yeah. She's just that good. Yeah. In a heap, in a wedding gown, in the middle of the road. Uh, <laughs> you know, this woman's a hero. Yeah. Right. Uh, good one. Good one. That's yeah. a good moment. Yeah, it is a good moment. So what's your next one? I don't have one. I said I don't You have, don't. I don't have any. Shame trying, on you. I'm trying to think of like when somebody came out. Like I don't remember anything on Billy Crystal aside from the in soap. Okay. I don't remember that. I don't remember anybody coming out in like there must have been an after school special or something. <laughs> I mean I had no problem with this category. Um 
There's no musicals where, uh, you know, somebody's coming out. Well, actually, there is one that I put in there from a musical. What is it? I Am What I Am from La Cage au Folle. No, come on. We know going in this guy's gay. He's not coming out. Well, in a way, he is. No, he's not. He's not coming out at all. He's saying, I am already out, and if you don't like it, you could suck my ass. I consider it a coming out moment. It's not. You're wrong. I don't think so. Okay, whatever. Whatever. (laughs) You know, you're the four foot eleven attorney. Go ahead and argue. Um, no, I. Uh, but like, what other moments are there of somebody actually coming out? Well, I can show you one now on, that I have on my list. Okay, show me one now that you have on your list. And this is from the show that was Joan Cusack. Sex Education. Okay, which I know from the saw. four seasons on show on Netflix. Okay. And there's a young black man in the show named Eric. Oh, oh I thought it was gay. Go ahead. No, you have to wait now. I uh, know. I believe me, I know. And he's a, his family's a member of a church, and they want him to get baptized in the church. Okay. And he's almost ready to do so, and then he makes a statement at the church. My name is Eric Effion, and I'm a Christian and a proud gay man. Uh-oh. I know a lot of you feel that what I've just said is sinful and that I need to pray for forgiveness, but you're wrong. My heart is torn because I'm in a position where I have to either choose to hide my truth and live in pain or be honest and lose my community. I keep getting told that I need to wait and be patient, but I'm tired of waiting. What a beautiful face. And I love myself too much to not tell my truth. Go, bitch. So, if you love me as I am, I will be baptized. But if you don't, then I must leave. Nice. Great scene. So what happens? At first, the minister rejects him, says no. But then later on... At the end, because it's the last episode, his family and the, the minister come to this big party at the school or wherever it is and says, you're accepted. Well, let's, we'll work on this. All right. And then he decides he wants to become a minister. Okay. So that was really, that really, I thought was such a powerful statement. I thought it was really, really well done. So I had to include that one. Yes, of course you did. Um, the one that I thought of okay. was the moment, I, uh, it was Heartstoppers. Ah! When yes. he comes out to his mother. Oh, my God. What a beautiful scene. scene. Is. It's a beautiful scene. Oh, gorgeous. Is. Yeah, he comes out. Well, he comes out as bisexual. And she is fantastic. And she's, uh, I, who's the actress? I can't, I can't remember her name. her name. She's big. And this is a very small role for this actress to yeah. be playing. She's got a big reputation. I can't think of her fucking name. Uh, let me see if I can find it right now. Um, but she, it was a, it was a, it was a very very nice moment. Heart Stopper season one. Uh, the kid comes out to his mother at the kitchen table or some shit. Olivia Coleman. Olivia. Coleman. She plays the mother. She, uh, yes. And her whole reaction to it is just it's She's fantastic. You wish every kid had yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of reaction when they came out. She's, you know? Yeah, she's wonderful. Right? So that's okay. So that's number two for me. Yeah. I'm up to my number four. You're up to three. No, I'm, I'm still counting La Cage Fall. Oh, okay. That's so <laughs> wrong, though. That is so wrong. Nobody comes out in La Cage Fall. Well, to me, it's a coming out statement. Okay. okay. It's <laughs> completely not, though. I can't believe I think you're it reading is. Oh, that's exactly. I okay. am. 
But my next choice is a film from 1992 called The Crying Game, when Jay Davidson's character reveals herself to Stephen Rea and realizes <laughs> his yeah. car- her-, her character has a penis. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a big, that was like the big secret of the movie when he yeah. came about back in 92. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't reveal the big secret. Right, so, and that was the big thing when she revealed herself finally. The penis. Yeah. Yeah. That was quite a big moment. That's a good movie. Have you seen that? No. Oh, good movie. Yeah, no. Definitely recommend it. Yeah, no. Yeah, big thumbs up. for me. So, you, do you have any more? I, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, I can't think of any true coming out moments, and it's it's ridiculous. Like, give me some, give me some fucking. What's that? Give me some reference points, coming out moments. Like, I, I, I yours all suck. Although, although... All mine suck? In and Out was great. Oh, thank you. What was the third one? Sex Education. And yeah, then The Crying I, Game. I never saw and it. then Lacage. The Crying Game, yeah, Lacage, I don't count. <laughs> well, I do. Well, it's bullshit. I'm glad you think so. Okay, whatever. I don't have control here. Okay, so whatever you say. I'm trying to think of, of anybody coming out, and I'm trying to think of, of, like, nobody on Cheers ever came out, or Coach, or... Uh, does it count... Does Beverly LaSalle count when she comes out to Archie as a guy? Takes a wig off to Archie? Beverly LaSalle. Yes, I remember Beverly LaSalle. Does that from count as coming out? Oh, please. You knew that character was gay from the, from the first. Oh, but get-go. you didn't know Al Ben was gay. <laughs> not from A Little More Mascara, not from La Casa Fall. All right, not from if you want to count Beverly said, LaSalle, not the go away. I'm counting Beverly LaSalle. Okay. You That's a good count. one because he actually comes out in that moment. He comes out in real time to somebody. Uh, whether or not we all knew is not the point. Archie didn't know. So it's a coming out moment. When Jaja takes off that wig, everybody in the room knows that Jaja is a man. Everybody knows. He's not coming out. He's he's being defiantly individualistic. But he's being driven back into the closet by his son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's true. That's the whole point of it. But that's, that's why he sings that number. But that's not the because topic of his the son's driving him into his closet and his husband, his lover, is agreeing with it. The, the, the So yes, it's still a coming out moment. The, it's, no, it's, it's a moment not the coming out yes, moment. Yes, it is. You're not gonna convince me otherwise. It's not coming out. He's already out. You're talking about somebody who's being shoved back in. That's not the same thing. And they're coming, coming out. back out with a vengeance. Okay. That bitch was never in. On Broadway, on the original French, in the fucking movie with that great opening shot. What's your name? Patrick uh uh Sorry, Nathan you're not gonna Lee? convince me. I don't it's care a coming out moment. Then you're still why are you still arguing with because, me about it? Because it's you. Because you're a dick. No, because what you do is argue with you. Oh, no, no, you argue with me. I don't argue with anyone else. You're a liar. I am not. You are a liar. <laughs> you are lying on the stand. Must I remind you of the penalty I am not under oath. For perjury. <laughs> That's fucking thing you're not under oath. My last choice. Okay, good. Is from the Broadway musical Spamalot. Okay. In which Lancelot comes out of this the closet. This is a coming out story, yes. <laughs> Lot, 
It's a great moment. It's a great moment in the it's show. A great, it's a great moment in musical theater history. Yes. That whole show is just... Hysterical. So Laughed my funny. ass off all during that show. Great before... I saw the original Broadway cast. So did I. Sarah Ramirez, Tim so Curry, uh, David Hyde David Pierce. Pierce. What's his name? Uh, when I wear the shoes, it hurts my feet. Uh, I think of his name. Welcome or... home again, or for the first time. Come with me, Gloria. Oh, God. Hank Azaria. Yes, Hank Azaria, who played Lancelot. He played Lancelot. Yes. Great, funny show. Yeah, oh, and, my God. And I remember it was the Schubert Theater, and I think what they did was they added like 100 seats to the Schubert Theater over the past couple of years. <coughs> I could not fit in that fucking theater. But yeah, the show was funny as fuck. Yeah. And that's a great moment. Yeah, it is. It's, right? It's, it's great, a great fucking moment. moment. You know what's great about that moment? You don't see it coming. Whereas with a lot of that show, and I found a lot of spam a lot was knowing the joke was coming. Yeah. And knowing what the joke was, and you laughed ahead of time because you fucking recognized it that early. Well, that's what's Like, in the original film, there's this little line when Sir Lancelot's, like, trying to push uh, Sir Robin or Sir Galahad along, getting him out of the castle hat fracks. At the very end of the scene, you can hear Sir Galahad saying, I bet you're gay. <laughs> so it's like they ran away with that little that little joke. And made it a thing. Which they had <laughs> met, which, which was an original joke. That was original to the musical. Nobody who knew Monty Python or who knows Monty Python saw that coming. Exactly. That was a really pure moment. Yeah. I, I, I found that. I went to see SpongeBob SquarePants, the musical, and I went with Colin. That with her it was a really good show. And it was awesome. And I had never watched SpongeBob. No, Pants, okay? But that show looked, from what I've seen in the clips of it, looks fantastic. But Colin had. Colin grew up with it. So, in the same respect, he saw the jokes coming. He yeah. knew what was happening before they, before, because he was, yeah. he was familiar with the material. Yeah. I, and I wasn't. And I enjoyed that show. You know what amazed me about that show was the Foley. It, it's, it could not have possibly have been a Foley table. But it had to have Explain been... Explain for our listeners what a Foley table sound is. Effects. Okay. It's sound effects. So the thing is, every time the squid moved, there was a moist, sucking sound. Okay. Okay. Every single time he moved. Every single time he moved. They never missed. And I thought to myself, Jesus, somebody, somebody's got to be watching. Do you know what I mean? it, it can't be a track. Yeah. Because it's too on the nose. I, I, maybe it was a track. What the fuck do I know? But that show impressed the shit out of me. Also, they, they decorated the entire theater. So the the, the 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 orchestra section was decorated. There was shit hanging from the boxes. Yeah. Okay. Um, to to make you feel underwater. The, the, it was it was a it was, cool. a it was a great experience. Cool. That night at the theater it was Sponge Square Bob Pants. <laughs> so funny. So funny. It's so cute. Oh my god. And a great score. Yes, it is a good score. It's all, yeah, it's all various artists. And various artists, but it's a great fucking score. It is a good score. It really is. Well, that's it for five faves this week, since you can't come up with any more really can't. coming out depictions. I can't think of, I can't think, do you, can you think of any that you rejected that I'm not thinking of? Um, I thought of Heartstoppers, but then I went with the ones I went with. I, I just, I remember that moment in that. Yeah, that's in, a great moment. In that Serious saying, Jesus Christ, this is special. Yeah. Uh, but I can't, like, aside from the coming of age stories, which I'm just puked over. I know. I can't I'm, deal with yeah, them anymore. I, just, I, I I'm happy that they're being told. And yeah. I'm happy that people but are But I don't need to see them anymore. Them. But I'm 110 years old, and my coming of age 
was back in the 1870s. <laughs> so I don't want to hear about anybody. Co- You're all young, adorable, and cute and should be fucking. <laughs> yes. So just go fuck. <laughs> That's my advice. Just go f- fuck anything you want to fuck. Just fuck it. And use protection. Just go ahead and fuck. You're going to die. Right? That's a real cheery outlook. But Go fuck because you're going to die. I think that's a, I think that's great fucking advice. You're going to die. So so you might as well fuck all you can. It's a very nihilistic view. It's, I, I, you call it whatever fucking rhyming thing you want. Nihilistic. I understand. It happens to also be true. Are you not going to die, Patrick? We all are. Yes, we are. So, but we shouldn't talk about it. We shouldn't say it. We shouldn't say, you're going to die, so go out and live your best life. I'd rather concentrate on just living and not worrying about the dying part. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> That's the point of it, okay? Don't worry. Yeah, but the about- way you're saying it, though, is very blunt. Well, uh, what I'm don't saying... Don't fuck if you're going to die. That's not exactly encouraging. That um, doesn't exactly bring one a hard-on. <laughs> okay, if you're looking to me for a hard-on... Bitch, no, I are. would never do that. Jesus, God. <laughs> ain't, ain't nobody ever done that, for fuck's sake. Uh, not no, this century anyway. That's not. Uh, what I'm saying is that it's it's uh, you're gonna die. Don't let anybody stop you from enjoying yourself while you're here. And um, uh, fucking is a really good way to illustrate enjoying yourself because even if it's a bad fuck, it's better than a good day at work. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You're you're viewing it through <laughs> nihilistic lenses. No, just the way you presented it. I'm being encouraging and optimistic. Yeah, but saying "go fuck us, you're gonna die" is not encouraging. I think it's I think it's fabulously supportive. I uh, yeah, you're gonna die. So fuck what you want to fuck because you can't fuck it after you die. Okay. I remember saying to somebody once, who has to die so you can come out? Now, he would che- he denied. Okay. Okay. Married to a man, five years, okay. seven years, looked at me like I stole his crayons when I said to him, who has to die so you can come out? And what did he respond? He was horrified. Okay. Horrified. Okay. Okay. How dare you? What makes you think? How could you say such a thing? Blah, blah, blah. Not five years later, married to a man. Okay. Okay. So he came out. I don't know who died. What I'm saying is it was a valid question. I don't know what you're saying anymore. It was a valid question because at the time he was not out. Okay. I asked him who has to die for you to come out. Okay. Then he came out. Okay. Okay. So somebody in my head, somebody had to die. So who died? What is the answer to the original question? guess we'll never know. I get. Well, I could ask him, but that's kind of awkward now, isn't it? It's yes. like 10 years later. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We now, thankfully, move on to our next segment. Get off my lawn. Did you hear me? I said get off my lawn now. Yes, it's time for the grumpy old game and gripe of the week. God bless you. And what's your gripe? I hate it. Hate what? God bless you. you I, I hate that sneezing gets acknowledged separate from other bodily functions. Okay. Okay. I there are some farts and burps for which I deserve a congratulations. No, because most farts and burps release a release a noxious odor. So no one wants to put some kind of salutation to that. Yeah, but sneezing is disgusting and gross and it spreads all sorts of fluid sort of disgusting droplets all over 
a three-mile radius. And you're an atheist anyway, so why should it bother you? I always say gesundheit. I say gesundheit. Um, it means which, the same thing. Uh, no, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't? No, it doesn't. What does it mean? God bless you means God bless you. What does gesundheit mean? Good health. Ah, okay. Okay, so it's not the same thing. <laughs> um, that, but it still is the recognition of that one bodily function above all others. Okay. That I find, for some reason this week bothered me okay probably because one of the kids sneezed really bigly and my first reaction was to say ew <laughs> so i said ew and then i said oh sorry because i'm tight and she laughed but she's like no that's how it's been since covid everybody's like every time somebody sneezes oh no uh, maybe but i've always been that way gross it's just fucking gross and then we have to acknowledge it Gesundheit, for spreading your disgustingness all throughout the theater, the room, the whatever it is, the co- whatever it is. Thank you. Gesundheit. We wish you good health. I'm a die because of what you're spreading. Okay? You have good health. God bless you for giving me COVID. So, yeah, I hate God bless you. I hate it. I hate it. And not because of the words. I hate the acknowledgement of the single event. I hate it. Well, I know we've <coughs> occasionally have talked about Long Island traffic, which I'm not going to complain about this week. But <coughs> on a related note, I want to complain about the bad drivers out there. Not because they're bad drivers, but because they're selfish. They just are not looking out for anyone but themselves, if they're paying attention at all. Just tonight, I walked Abigail tonight. We got to the corner. It's a four-way stop. And I see a car approaching. And I was like, I'm waiting. And I'm glad I did, because she just rolled right through the stop sign. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. And this is not this when I'm walking the dog. Even when I'm out with Steve, and the people will like pull into a 7-Eleven parking lot. And they'll park, not in these spaces, but alongside the curb line. How many times so that you... way, no one else can get into or out of the spots. I understand. I understand. It's just the selfishness of some drivers. I just It drives me up the wall. How many times a week are you in a car? A couple of times a week. Three? Well, at least three. Time, five? Probably five. Is there a problem with that? Not at all. It's a perfect number. Okay. Five is a perfect number. Did you want to make a point with that? No. What I'm saying is that it's this is a lame fucking gripe. This is a... <laughs> Why is it a lame Be- gripe? First of all, it's a repeat gripe. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. You I've should, complained about you, the traffic. Yeah, you complained that there's too many cars. People, now you're complaining that But now I'm complaining about... Yeah, that people are just selfish fucks on the road. Yeah, it's about uh, driving. So? It's driving. It's a different aspect of it. Fine. Fine. You know, I hate the flu. Uh, I sneeze. I cough. I have a headache. Which aspect do I hate the most? That's what this is. What you're doing? This is the kind of hair you're splitting. It was easier to talk about uh, being mad at Israel but not hating Jews than it is to talk about this. No, I find this very easy to talk. Okay, whatever. I'm having trouble. (laughs) Obviously. So, what are we talking about? Selfish drivers. Selfish drivers. Yeah, and you and you leaning back on this fucking lean ass. Gripe again. Yeah, they're terrible. They are terrible. They only care about themselves. They're not going to let you in. They don't know how to merge. This is a big problem. People don't know how to merge. Yep. Merging nope. is an important... It's a skill. It's a definitely... Okay, it's, a, it's an absolute skill. Uh, parallel parking is a skill for some bizarre reason. I don't know why. I am an expert parallel parker. That's wonderful. I can parallel park pretty much any vehicle. That's great. Okay, I haven't tried the big ass semi, you know, eighteen wheeler motherfuckers. I don't think anybody, but I can parallel park. 
yeah, it's breaking these aspects into like these these big thoughts and ideas into these little aspects and and uh, why. Why what? Why break them into these little tiny things? It's not. It's a separate thing. It's part of driving, but it's a different complaint. Okay. You can complain about different aspects of a thing. There are know? too many drivers. That's and a whole different aspect. Then of, these drivers suck. These drivers are just fucking assholes. Are you noticing a pattern in the driver's sort of, uh, what do you call it, when you're certain ages, certain sexes, certain races, your, gra- your graphics, your... No, there's no... Your, there's no... Demographic. Demographic. Yes, it's no. It doesn't fall with any certain demographic. So it's not all women suck. No, it's no, no. It's anybody men, under women, thirty black, shouldn't have white, a license. Brown. I'm saying, is it one of those things, or is it like just in general, everybody with a driver's license sucks? I didn't say everyone does. I'm just saying that there are too many fucking selfish drivers okay. out there. That's all I'm saying. Do you have a suggested a remedy? Yeah, better law enforcement. Really? Yeah. Is that more cops? Yeah. Or maybe just the cops going after them more vigorously. How many times do you see cops in this neighborhood? This okay. is a very residential neighborhood. I mean, you live you live at the very edge. Yes, but the Nassau County Police have an arrangement with Farmingdale. They do not patrol the village. This of is Nassau County? This is Nassau County. Okay, so Nassau County doesn't patrol Farmingdale. No. For those of you who now think that I am a fucking complete waste product, Farmingdale exists in two separate counties. Well, it's an incorporated village within with, Nassau County. With the, yes. There is East Farmingdale, but that is part of the town of Babylon. Right, which is Suffolk, Suffolk County. County. So Babylon straddles the, uh, what do I want to say, border. It's on the border. It's, yeah. I mean, this... This is Nassau County. This is the border. I mean... Nassau County right now. In 30 seconds, I'm going to be in Suffolk. Yep, yep. Right One ten is right the fuck right there. Right down the block, yep. All right, so yeah, don't tell me I know. I come here every. I come from Suffolk County from Islip to fucking Fall. What is your point? I I don't know. I don't know either. Oh my god! What's the topic? I don't. You... Oh, we're we're talking about we're talking about gripe of the week. Yes. And your gripe about drivers sucking. Yes. And me saying, do you ever see cops around here? That you're in a really residential neighborhood that kind of like unless you have a specific complaint. It, Cops don't really spend much time doing traffic duty in residential neighborhoods. No, they don't patrol this area. No. That's by an arrangement with the village of Farmingdale. So does Farmingdale have its own police department? No. So wait. So if you want a police, you got to call for the police to come. Okay, so, so, so the Nassau County Police, which would be the police in Farmingdale without their own police department, yes. are not allowed to patrol Farmingdale. I don't know the specifics, but they generally do not patrol Farmingdale pursuant to some agreement that they have with the village board. That's fascinating. And it sounds corrupt as fuck. I don't know. I don't know much more. You know something I can tell. I don't you know anything else about now. it. I like don't you. know. Okay, what's next? We're at the end of the show, finally. Really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and here it is, only Friday. Oh, my God. It feels like it's been a week. Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, that's it. Don't forget, you can follow us daily on Facebook and on Twitter, and you can find all our episodes at www.grumpyoldgaymenandtheirdogs.com. And don't forget to go see Tommy's play, Whose Wife Is It Anyway?, at the Manus Studio Theater on Wellwood Avenue in Lindenhurst, running through this Sunday, the 15th. It's a British sex force. Yes. You'll laugh for sure. Yes. Isn't one of the lines... 
we're all going to die, so let's fuck? No. No, it's not one of the lines. No, that sounds more like life advice I would give to a teenager. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And I can't think of anything else. And I used to tell them when they were going to college, like when my niece was going to college, all her friends, it was, was, have fun. Uh Uh-huh. Don't get pregnant. Okay. And don't call me if you get arrested. That was my life advice to, 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 to teenagers going off to college. Very nice. And I think it's honest and true. I know a lot of kids, so I know a lot of fucking college kids. And, and it's funny how they're all the same. Not that they're all the same, but they're like, I've seen you before. I know who you are. I've seen you before. And they go to college and they come home and I say to their parents, what, did they need their laundry done? Oh, my God, that's what I thought when they came home. But they were saying, no, uh, bitch, they need their laundry done. If your child is more than two hours away from you and you see them, they need their laundry done. <laughs> did they come home with laundry? And, of course, every college kid always across the country comes home with laundry. Yep. All right. So, yeah, uh, what were we talking about? You were saying goodbye. And we're, now we're talking about college. We're at the end, I don't know how you brought it up, but, yes, we're at the end of the show now. All right. So, before you start babbling anymore... We're going to say, have a good night, have a good week, have a good life, go fuck us, we're all going to die, and we'll see you next week. Bye, bitches.